Does anyone remember 2019? I had a bit of a challenging year. You know, it was one of those years where a few things went wrong. Of course, by then I didn't realise what was ahead. And I had a situation with my ear that was a problem and I ended up going and having some surgery. And, you know, sometimes when things are bad in your life, they don't go back to good, they go to worse. So I had some surgery and at the end of the surgery, I completely lost my hearing in one ear, which, you know, I I really like being able to hear, but I also lost my balance. And so I had this really challenging situation where I found it, you know, hard to walk, hard to balance, all sorts of things, um, and also lost some of my sense of taste and smell. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, what's happening? You ever been in one of those situations? What's going on? Why is this happening to me? I had some situation with my surgeon and in the end we decided in January that I'd have an MRI to decide whether this surgery had caused problems in my ear and affected my brain. So I had an MRI, went and sat down in a surgeon's office and he gave me some unexpected news. He said, look, it seems like your ear surgery went well, but what we discovered is you've got a big brain tumour, got a major tumour in the back of your head, it's pressing on your nerves, it's causing issues and it needs to be removed. Well, that was unexpected. I wasn't planning in 2020 to have major brain surgery. I'd never planned to have a brain tumour. I wasn't in a situation where that fitted in any of my strategies or plans for the year. But it overrode everything. So we talked to the surgeon, looked around, a whole lot of things happened. And through a series of amazing coincidences, which I find happen when you pray, I ended up having surgery on the 29th of February and it was 10-hour surgery, fairly major, you know, came out, intensive care, et cetera, et cetera. So my year in 2020 was very unexpected and I spend most of my days in, I, I spend some time in meditation. You know, I read some of the ancient wisdom, you know, mostly the Bible and pray, talk to God, listen to God. And I decided this year to focus on the theme of the unexpected. Interesting theme for 2020, wasn't it? Thinking about in the Bible, which are amazing stories of people's lives, things didn't always go to plan. There were often times where people had unexpected situations. And how did they cope with those unexpected situations? And more importantly, what happened after? You see, an unexpected situation was like a divine interruption to people's plans. And so they would have this you know, intervention. It might be a situation where Abraham, you know, has messengers that tell him about God's plan for his life, that he's going to have lots of children and it's going to be amazing. The only thing is he doesn't have any kids. Or it might be someone like, you know, Isaac, who has this sort of random interruption with with his dad where they walk up a mountain and his dad looks like he's trying to kill him, but he doesn't kill him. And then there's this other guy called Jacob and he wrestles with God. And we go on later and we've got this woman, Ruth, who had a whole book written about her, but mainly about the fact that her husband died and she had to leave where she was and go somewhere else. But in the interruptions, in the unexpected, they didn't go back to the normal. They went back to a new era. It's an interesting season for me because coming out of um, the surgery, I'd been self-isolating, had to be protective. But while I was in surgery, something unexpected had happened to everybody. COVID hit. And so the plans and strategies that Alpha, the organisation that I work with, had, the plans and strategies that I had, in fact, everybody's plans and strategies were interrupted. You know, we had this illusion of control. We had the illusion that we knew what was going to happen. We could plan for it. We could schedule it. Everything would be fine. But we forget that unexpected things happen. 
Have you ever had unexpected things happen in your life? How did you cope with it? I think at the moment as we're coming out of perhaps as much of a lockdown, and congratulations, Melbourne has had the world's longest lockdown. It's been a tough situation. Well done on coming through it. But it's interesting coming out of that situation, what are we going back to? What is the new season? What is the new era? What's going to be happening? The unexpected in the Bible would tell us that we're not going back to normal. We're creating a new normal. So how do we cope with new beginnings? How do we cope with new ways of living, new relationships, new paradigms, new ways of doing our jobs? Well, it's coming up to Christmas. Christmas was the biggest unexpected of all time. There were several groups of people where Christmas, the birth of Jesus, severely interrupted their schedules, interrupted their plans, changed their life. There was this guy called Zacharias. He was a priest, a religious person, fairly set on how his life would look. There were rhythms of how religion would operate. There were rhythms of what he would do. But he was in the temple, something he just did once a year, uh, going about his normal religious routine when all of a sudden God revealed himself. And God spoke to him in a way that was unexpected. He spoke to him and appeared to him and said, you are going to have a child. Isn't it interesting that even for religious people, we need to be open for God's unexpected promptings? You see, Mother Teresa was asked, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. Interesting, isn't it? We have to have ears that are open to listen. All of us, everyone listening to me, everyone that I've ever known has had God speak to them. They just don't always recognize it. You know, perhaps it's through a sunrise or a sunset. Perhaps it's through just a whisper, a prompting. It's through someone else talking to us. It might be through listening to my voice today. You kind of go, oh, yeah, God has spoken to me. He's bringing back to your remembrance those things. We have to be open to listen. Zacharias had this situation where he came out of that and he couldn't speak. It affected him physically. It affected the way he viewed the future. He had a wife called Elizabeth. And she was in a situation where she'd, I think, given up asking God for something because she thought it was too late for God to answer her prayers. I love it that God is never too early and never too late in his view. In my view, he's always way too late. (laughs) You know, when do I want God to move? Well, now, of course. When do I want things to happen? Now. But God always has a plan that fits into the great mosaic, the great jigsaw, the great uh, systems that he has created. And he knew where she was and what she needed. And he came out and when the time of his service was completed, it said he went home and he obviously engaged in activity that enabled a situation where his wife became pregnant. You see, when God speaks to us, there's often things that we need to do as well. There's things that we need to be engaged in to position ourselves for those miracles. So Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months she hid herself away because she said, this is amazing. I can't believe this. I'm so glad that God interrupts our planned lives with his unexpected miracles, with the unexpected things that he has positioned us for. There's a lady, most famous woman really in the world, and her name was Mary. And Mary's life was all planned out. Have you, did you have a planned life in 2020? 
Did you know exactly what you were going to do and when? Did you have plans that involved travel or plans that involved celebrations or plans that involved your work or plans that involved relationships? We live our life planned, but we're not in charge. So Mary's life was planned. She was betrothed to this guy called Joseph. She was in it from a poor situation, a poor family, but she was marrying up. So I imagine she was dreaming about having a bit more financial security, a bit more respectability. She was in a situation where she dreamt, thought and planned in one direction. I'm going to marry Joseph. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be great for my family. All of these things. What she didn't know was that God had a different plan for her life. Everything would change and eventually it would be for the better. I guess it didn't quite seem like that at the time. I want you to imagine a situation where you're just going about your daily life and an angel, a messenger of God appears to you. Now, I'm not sure that I've ever seen an angel, but one of the things I know is it must be scary because the first thing they say is don't be afraid. So it's like, oh, wow, what, what is happening? You know when God connects with us, sometimes it's scary because it's outside of our normal. It's outside of what we expect. Can I even say this? It's outside of our control. And I am a person that loves to be in control. Faith is an interesting journey for us control freaks. So the angel says, hey, Mary, you are greatly favoured. God is with you. It's interesting to me that sometimes messages from God or people speaking to us about spiritual things almost make us afraid because we assume that God wants to get us. We assume that maybe God has seen all the things we've done and that we're not really worthy of his attention. And Mary must have thought, why has God picked me out? But God's plan for her was good. God's plan for her was great. And she said, hey, you are going to have a son. His name's going to be called Jesus. He'll be great because he'll be the son of the Most High and God is going to give him the throne of his father, David, and his kingdom will never end. What a great message. We've probably heard that story in many ways um, through different means. But think about how it would be to a young girl who wasn't married in a day where if she was found to be pregnant and the betrothed or the husband knew it wasn't his, he could have her killed. Serious consequences to unexpected pregnancy. And so Mary looked at this messenger of God. One of the ways I think we know that God's speaking to us is we don't understand it. It's beyond our conception. It's beyond what we expected. Mary said to the angel, listen, angel, I'm not really sure how things work there in heaven and what you understand, but how's this going to work since I'm a virgin? I haven't known a man. And the messenger from God explains it. Oh, it's okay. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of God will overshadow you and the one born of you will be the son of God. And so you know about this, Elizabeth, who's your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. (laughs) Now, often when God explains things to us, or when people of faith try and answer our questions, sometimes it seems more complicated. Sometimes we understand even less. It's like, what do you mean God's going to overshadow me? Is that going to hurt? Will I know it's happening? How will that happen? 
You know, this hasn't happened before. There's one thing I've noticed in my journey of faith and following Jesus is it seems like the Holy Spirit loves to encourage us to do things that have never been done before. Oh, but I haven't done that before. It's almost like a personal challenge. And Mary answered, I am God's servant. Be it unto me according to your word. She didn't understand it. She didn't know how this would come about. She didn't know how it would affect her life. But in the unexpected, her response was, God, I'm open. God, whatever you want for my life, I want to be available. You know, in the unexpected, it's also the uncontrollable. It's also the unexplainable. The journey of faith is in the moment where we realize God is dealing in our lives, we go, I don't fully understand this. I don't know all the consequences, but God, I'm open to you. I'm open to you. Where do you want to take me? There's another guy in all this, Joseph, who we've heard about. Now, this news puts his plans into havoc. Anyone had that in 2020? The news that comes beyond our control puts our plans into havoc. And he didn't really understand what was going to happen, but he asked God about it. You know, the Bible encourages us to ask God, to ask for his wisdom, to ask him to help us in the life that we have to put the pieces together. And so Joseph is asking, and in a dream, he says, it's okay, Joseph, it's going to be okay. She's telling you the truth, and I'm going to be with you. And Joseph and Mary embark on a journey that we are celebrating now. We are in this season of getting ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus because many people responded to the unexpected in personal ways that changed their plans changed their future, but they were open to God's greater plan. There were some shepherds. You know, today we would say they were just almost on permanent night shift. I've been to Bethlehem and, you know, these little fluffy white sheep, please, they are smelly, mangy, horrible things. You smell the shepherds and the sheep way before you see them. They're not the most attractive people in the world. And it's not something that I would ever aspire to, being these, you know, dusty, dirty, smelly fields. But isn't it interesting that God's message comes to unexpected people? He knows where we are. Nothing gets past him. And they're just minding their business. They're in night shift. If you like, they're in the dark night of the soul. They just, it's Groundhog Day. Every day is the same, just minding the sheep, minding the sheep, minding the sheep. How did you find lockdown? I remember just waking up every day and thinking, ah, it's just going to be the same. I'm just going to watch a parade of people go past on Zoom. I'm just going to move from my bedroom to my study. You know, every day just seemed the same. It blended. I lost track of which day was which and what date was which, which is a problem because one of the things they ask you if you're in a hospital and they think you might have mental issues is what day is it? So I needed to know what the day was. I put a sticky note near me so I knew. So they were in that groundhog day and yet into their ordinary came something extraordinary. It says in Luke 2, there were shepherds there and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Fundamentally, as we think about God, as we think about the supernatural, as we think about Jesus coming, 
there's sometimes a fear there. I don't explain this. I don't understand this. What, what, how is this going to affect me? What is God going to ask me to do? But the angel always says, the message from God always is, fear not. Over 360 times in the Bible, God says, fear not. Not as a command, it's a promise. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, because I am with you. Don't be afraid. And the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. As we come to Christmas, we're celebrating good news of great joy to all people. That's God's message. It was God's message to the shepherds. It's God's message to us as we come to Christmas time. And they were so amazed by seeing this incredible company of angels singing and praising God. They said, hey, let's go and check this out. Let's go and find out what God has told us about. You know, as we come to Christmas, I think it's important for us to think about the message of Jesus, to think about God's message. How can we check this out? How can we find out more? You know, um, we, we know that in Australia, two out of four people would be interested in finding out more about faith if someone just talked to them and invited them along to something, invited them to listen in on a Sunday morning, invited them to come to church with them, invited them to uh, read the Bible with them, invited them to explore faith through conversations. Isn't that interesting? People are open to an invitation. These shepherds didn't even know they needed an invitation till they received it. So they were amazed and they went and they sought it out. What is Christmas about? Maybe it's time you sort it out. Find out more. Find out what this story and these facts absolutely are influencing us thousands of years later. So they went and they found Mary and Joseph and they were amazed at all these things and they returned glorifying and praising God. You know, the unexpected, when we cooperate with what God is speaking to us about, will end up with us giving praise to the God who is in charge, giving praise to the grand designer, giving praise to the one who is the creator and sustainer of the universe. There were some other people. They, we call them the wise men. They were people who, who were well-schooled um, in astrology and all sorts of the arts, and they spent up to two years of their life searching and seeking. They went on a journey to find the star. When they came and found him, he came in a different package. They were expecting an emperor and they found a baby in a stable. You know, God doesn't work in the ways we think he should. He comes to people that are unexpected, people in fields that are despised and rejected, people that come from afar off, that dress a different way, that look a different way and are over-educated. <laughs> he comes to people whose hearts are open for the unexpected. There was a guy called Simeon and he'd been promised that he would see the Messiah and he just kept turning up at the synagogue and he saw Jesus. There was Anna, who was an older lady who was a worshipper of God, and she too kept turning up. What do we need to do in the unexpected? As we face the future, let's face it, it's unexpected. I think we do what these guys do. We keep positioning ourselves in obedience. We do what we can and what we know to do. We position ourselves to listen to God. We position ourselves to cooperate with his plan. We position ourselves to be open 
to his ordered steps. We persevere in faith. You know, I'm someone that loves the church, really loves going to church. If you've never been to one, you should check it out. Church is great. There's a sense of community. There's a sense of hope. There's a sense of the spiritual presence of the supernatural. But I haven't been able to go to church for, you know, 42 weeks now. But I've persevered in faith because my faith is not dependent on an organization or a building or even a community. We keep turning up. We keep meditating on God's word. We keep being on the right pathway. We keep choosing to follow Jesus. What do we do in the unexpected? We pray. Do you know our research says that 70% of Australians, when questioned, pray. Seven out of 10 people in your street pray. We just don't have anyone to talk to about who we pray to or how we pray. Remember that crisis time when you prayed? God, help me. Most popular prayer of all, God, help me. And we realize there's a cry in our heart. Well, we build on that. Prayer is just talking to God and then being open to listen. Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Prayer means saying, I need help. Asking God for wisdom, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. We pray and we ask help. We then pay attention. You know, I love the church world and I've learned so much from all types of the church. And I remember going to a silent retreat and and learning a bit about Ignatian spirituality, which is very complex. But the simple things I took away was this, at the end of the day saying, where was God today? Where was God at work? Where was the moment where God was connecting me with someone else? Where was the time when God was showing me his creation? Where was the time? the whisper when he was speaking. You know, at the end of the day, you might have been listening to the light all day and there was something that just keeps resonating in your head. It just keeps coming back to you. Pay attention to what God is speaking to you about. The shepherds, angels, Joseph, Mary, Zacharias, Elizabeth, all of these people were open and paying attention to God's divine interruption. This year, That's what he's been doing. He's interrupted our scheduling to get our attention that we're not in charge and we need to think about eternity. We need to think about God. We need to think about the situations that are happening in our world and what is the why behind them. What are you taking out of lockdown? What are some of the things, what are some of the rhythms of life that you're going to take with you? What are some of the things that you have learned in this time of the unexpected? We need to pay attention. We need to, and this kind of might seem a bit strange to you, we need to prostrate ourselves. Prostrate yourselves just lying on the ground, face down in front of God. I'm speaking figuratively, but it doesn't hurt to do it literally. Where we start to say, God, I want to die to my plans. I want to be alive to your dreams. You know, Mary, one of the most famous statements of the Bible I just read before, be it unto me according to your word. I surrender my plans to your plans. I surrender my dreams to your dreams. In the mornings, when I'm looking at my diary, part of my meditation is, God, here's what I've got on today. What do you want to do? I surrender my agenda to yours. Are there questions you want me to ask in a meeting? Are there people you want me to talk to? I just want to be open to what you might prompt me to today. Sometimes 
I go and find myself praying for someone. Sometimes I find myself talking to unexpected people. Sometimes I find myself ringing someone I haven't seen for a while. I'm surrendering my plans to his plans. I'm allowing him to speak to me and I'm saying, be it unto me according to your word and your plan. And yes, I could not possibly go through these P's without giving you what I think should have been the word of the year. It was pandemic, but the word of the year I think is pivot. (laughs) Pivot. (laughs) How do we step towards a new beginning? How do we take the next step on the path? You know, in in March, we had all these alphas running around the place. 62,000 people have done alpha this year. 580,000 Australians have participated in alpha and have the story of exploring faith. So maybe it's your turn. And so people running alphas and I was in, you know, recovery um, and someone said we should do alpha online. And I said, we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know how to do everything. We're not sure how to do, you know, week seven. Well, all we need to be is one step ahead. Let's just start Alpha Online this week and see how we go. Just take the first step. Tens of thousands of people have done Alpha Online. We'll do it in person again next year, but we'll also do it online and we'll do hybrids because sometimes people like you and I feel safe in our homes. We feel like we can talk to someone. We feel like it's okay. In fact, we can even pretend we're on the radio with Alpha Online, turn our videos off and just chat and just listen and be a part of that taking the next step on a new pathway, taking the next step, pivoting to saying, God, what is your plans for my life? Where do you want me to head? Psalm 119 says, God's word is a lamp to our, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In other words, he often shows us a dream of what's ahead. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a child. His name's going to be Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. You are going to be the most celebrated woman of all time. Now, the next step is the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. So he shows us the next step. He shows us the long range, but in between is dark. You know what that is? That's the step of faith. That's pivoting to be obedient to him. She didn't know all the challenges that were going to come from being open to God's word. She didn't know all the joys and blessings and frustrations. (laughs) Following Jesus is the most wonderful, terrifying, fantastic, dreadful thing you'll ever do because it will challenge you. It will open you up to God's supernatural and following him. We pivot. We step up to God's plan. We step up and be obedient to him. We say, you know what? I'm going to position myself in obedience. I'm going to keep persevering in what I know to do, in faith, in living God's way. I'm going to pray and ask for help. I'm going to pay attention to what God's doing. I'm going to prostrate myself, not my will, but yours be done. And I'm going to pivot. I'd love to pray with you today if that's okay. You see, prayer is just talking to God. You can do it exactly where you are. You can do it in any language, in any way you do. The most simple prayer of the church, most the first prayer of the church before we had liturgy or any of those things was come Holy Spirit. And so I'm just going to pray that prayer now. And perhaps you might want to repeat it with me. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, in this season of 2020, which has been so unexpected, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come and that you will speak to each one of us not to be afraid, for God is with us. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to earth to show us how to live, that you died in our place for the sins that we have committed so we could have access to God. Lord, I pray that your grace will be shown in everyone that asks for it. We pray that we will seek to know you, that like those shepherds, like those wise men, that we will come to a place where we find out who you are and what you are able to do and how you want to interrupt and put us in the right direction of our life. Holy Spirit, we pray for your wisdom. We don't know how to face the season ahead, but you're our comforter, you're our counsellor, and you're our guide into all truth. So we pray that you will guide us. So we pray today for the incredible love of God, the bountiful, amazing love of Father God to be with each of us. We pray for the unlimited grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be available and flood every heart. And Holy Spirit, we pray for you, your wisdom, your friendship, to guide each person that is asking for it. We pray that this unexpected will have a new era, a new season for each person that embraces it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.